how we can leverage technology in a digital landscape to continue to show up as a human being with empathy and compassion and integrity and to create genuine relationships. You're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Hello, Azria family in the great state of Arizona. It's Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpre once again with the Azria Show. And today we have a very special guest that we want to introduce to some and reassure others. We're going to be talking about social media and how you can really get started as a social media influencer. So, Mike, please tell us, how are you doing today? Wonderful, man. Love, love to be here, as always. All right. So we have Chelsea Peets today, and she is local right here from Scottsdale, and she, she can touch on both backgrounds. She's a influencer, social media influencer. And she has a real estate background. So we wanted to bring her on today. So for those of you that are camera shy, scared to get in front of the camera, scared to press record, Chelsea is going to help us out today. So Chelsea, tell us how you doing and give us a brief intro of who you are. I am amazing. Thank you so much for the invitation to come on your amazing show and to talk to all of the listeners about a topic that they're probably not very excited, maybe even a little bit afraid of very likely overwhelmed by, which is showing up in digital environment. And how do you do that in a way that builds a powerful human, relatable, approachable brand that actually attracts customers to you and does something, has an ROI, if you will. So I'm super excited to be here. And yes, as you mentioned, I do have a background in real estate. I was a full-time residential real estate agent for 10 years. I was licensed for 18. And I jokingly tell people that I got licensed in 2001 BF, which the BF stands for before Facebook. (laughs) So I had a whole career before social media existed, you know, did business the quote old fashioned way. And, you know, what has really fascinated me about the technology and being online is that, you know, several years ago, you know, in 2020, which was just right around the corner from us, we all were forced online at some level. We had to get on Zoom. We had to get on FaceTime. I personally, I tell this story all the time. I do a weekly call with my parents because sadly, I haven't seen them in the same room since the pandemic began. And so we have had a relationship through technology. I've told them that I love them, that I miss them. We've celebrated birthdays and holidays. And so my superpower slash passion is focused on how we can leverage technology in a digital landscape to continue to show up as a human being with empathy and compassion and integrity and to create genuine relationships. And so we're going to talk a lot today about what I call limiting beliefs around creating content, 
what those look like. And just to let everyone know that's listening, if you have any of these limiting beliefs, that means you're 100% normal human that cares about other people and is probably amazing. So imperfect human that is going to be sharing you sharing with you some tips on that today. So that's a little story about me. I've written a couple books in between there. One is about the science of talking to your phone. Oh. <laughs> Instagram <laughs> stories, TikTok. Actually, I wrote the book before TikTok existed. So it's all about how our brains react to people's faces and how our brain literally has no idea that I'm seeing you right now in a screen and you're not physically here because it's reacting in the same neural patterns. I'm being able to connect and understand. And even though I don't realize it's happening, build trust because I'm able to see you versus just, you know, not seeing anything or even seeing, you know, a picture with say a dog in it versus a human. So there's something really, really powerful and innate that our brain is connecting with other people. And it's something that happens at birth. And that if we even damage those parts of our brains, then we actually have something called facial blindness, which means we, we know we're looking at a face, but we don't actually know who the face belongs to. So it's really critical that if you want to build business and a brand and relationships in an online world, because we're never going back, this, this is, this is what we're going to be doing forever, right? It doesn't replace the physical. It absolutely is not as good as the physical. It really is the next best thing. And we're talking about building brand at scale and being able to generate business and leads and connections this is something that it's not a nice to have anymore. It's a requirement. So I'll talk a little bit about sort of why it's a requirement and behavior training, but thanks for having me on today. I'm really excited, super passionate about this topic. Love it. A lot there. So I think we can yeah. talk for four hours yeah. <laughs> if we can. So you said a lot, a couple of things that hit here. One, you said ROI. So you know how to talk to us investors. So I would do want to dive in on that and how to get an ROI from social media. But what I, why I know you're going to sync well with us because you said on your bio, grow your business with heart and humanity, not hustle and hacks. And I think in our world, and I think that Esri is about relationships. It's always been that, right? So in, in our online world, we get bombarded with the hustles and the hacks, quick quick fixes, get rich quick and all that. So I, was, I really loved your bio when I read that. So can we talk about the humanity and, and heart within your business? Absolutely. Okay. So this is something I talk about all the time and I tell people digital versus physical. So many people are frustrated with social media and they come to me and they say, well, I feel like I'm doing this social media thing. I'm posting stuff and like nothing's happening or if it's happening, there's very minimal ROI or return on that. And so I take a look at it, whether it's a company, an individual and a team. And what I notice invariably on almost every single person who's frustrated is that there is a massive disconnect between how somebody is showing up in a digital environment versus how they would show up in a physical one. And what's happening, and I'm gonna give you some examples, you're gonna say, okay, I, I you've got me. <laughs> There's so many things that are happening right now that we're doing in a digital space that we would never dream of doing in a physical one. So let me give you a quick example. Like we're on Zoom right now so we can see each other, which is amazing. Now, imagine if you invited me to a meeting in your office and I turned my chair around while you were talking to me. 
you'd be like, oh my gosh, what's, what's happening here? And, and at the very least, you'd think it's unusual, but you'd probably think it was disrespectful and rude because in a physical world, we look at each other when we're talking. That's the most human way to connect is face-to-face and eye-to-eye and even if it's through, through a screen. So then what happens is we get on our Zoom calls mm-hmm. and we don't have our cameras on. And I think, okay, well, now what would we do in a physical world? You would not dream of not looking at someone if they were talking to you, right? So here's another example. Let's say, you know, for the person who's listening, and it's 99.99% that are saying, yeah, I'm just not really in a video. <laughs> not for me. I just don't really like how I'm watching myself back. I don't like hearing my voice. Okay, let's talk about digital versus physical. Now, you could say that because you think in your mindset, okay, but social media isn't real life. It's not physical, it's digital, which is different. It is in real life because my parents who I've said, I love you too, and I miss you through a device, you all would agree that that was real. Mm-hmm. So we just have to get into this mindset it's a little bit different, but it's, it is real. So if I said, okay, let's get to a meeting with a client. And then all of a sudden you dive under the table while you're talking to me. And I'm like, what's happening? And I'm like, is everything okay? And again, that's like saying you wouldn't look at somebody. If you were in the room with them, another one I always get is, well, I don't know. Is it really professional? Like, I'm not going to go on TikTok. If that, that's not really for me. My clients aren't there, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about digital versus physical. This idea of professional persona or that human isn't professional, right? Which I'm a big believer that human is professional because all of us want to work with somebody with empathy, with compassion, with heart, with integrity. And guess what? Those are all uniquely human traits. So I'm not going to connect with you if I see a stock photo of a house that has your logo on it. There's no human connection there. So I can't build trust. So we always think, well, I have to show up in a certain way to be professional. Now imagine what if this was the the physical world and somebody was like, Hey, so have you tried that new restaurant over there? And it's a client or a potential client. All of a sudden you stare at them and all you do is just spew out market stats. They'd be like, what are you talking about? Like what, what's happening? So this idea that you can only talk about professional things, you wouldn't do that in front of someone. And the last one, which is one of my favorites, because my kiddo just tried out for baseball and, you know, people are like, yeah, I get it. I got to do the social media thing. It's 2023 almost. Yep. I know. Who do you know? that I can totally outsource everything to. Like, I just don't have time for this, right? Mm -hmm. I get it. You're not a content creator, nor should you be, right? You are helping people buy and sell and invest in properties. Here's the thing. There are certain things that we have to do that we can't outsource. And so here's the example of the physical. What if my kiddo goes to their very first game on Friday and looks in the stands and instead of seeing mom, he sees the neighbor that I asked to fill in for me while I went shopping. Yep. What do you think he's going to feel like? It's not going to be the same experience. So I want everybody to really think about, Ooh, maybe I, maybe I have been kind of hiding behind this digital and maybe I am showing up very differently in a digital world than I would in a physical. And I would start with your zoom calls. I would make sure your camera's on. I would not have a background on because even that, like we know where you're at, you're somewhere, you're in a living room, you're in an airport. Great. You know, we love that. Like, let's be real and create those connections because it's it's hard enough to create trust and connections through a technology device. So those are some things that I always start with is what are you doing in a digital environment that you would never do in a Mm -hmm. physical one? And if you're not in your content, 
that's a major red flag because you know you would be showing up to your meetings and calls. Yep. Wow. Yeah, go Marcus. Yeah, that's great. So Chelsea, for those who say, you know, I know I have to do social media. I know I have to get out here, but I'm a little bit afraid of my camera. I'm afraid of my phone. What do I do to break that fear? What do I do to get started, you know, creating that first post or sharing that first piece of content? Absolutely. So I always tell people that if I had a magic pill that I could give to everyone to make them love being on camera, enjoy watching themselves back and listening to their voices, I would be retired and it would be trademarked and I'd have millions and millions of dollars, right? So the hard thing about doing something that innately puts you into a vulnerable state where, you know, if you've seen, we've all seen like that pyramid of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, essentially what do we need as humans to to survive, but not only survive, it's thrive because ultimately we want to thrive, right? So obviously you've got your food and your shelter, but like in the middle of that pyramid is love and belonging. And we innately want to be loved and we want to belong. And so the idea of putting ourselves on camera and then out for the world to see, that definitely draws up some very anxiety or fears or limiting beliefs around, oh my gosh, what if people don't like me? What if people say something? What if people don't think I'm an expert? What if people don't agree with what I'm saying? And so that is a very human experience. So congratulations, you're human and that's awesome. And I am going to give you a couple of tips on how to get over that. The first thing is exposure therapy. The only way to get used to your recorded self, and I say recorded self specifically by design, if you have ever seen yourself or heard yourself and you're like, that just doesn't seem like it looks like me or sounds like me, or I thought I sounded different. You're not imagining things. Okay. It is a scientific fact. Our brain loves seeing other people's faces. It does not like seeing our own, mainly because like when you're getting ready in the morning and you're getting ready in the mirror, you're used to seeing yourself in that mirror reflection. You get on camera, depending on how far away it is or the angles or the lens and it's reverse image. You're like, that looks like me, but it kind of doesn't look like me. And then you don't sound like yourself because you have different acoustics in your head. And then if you're thinking about delivering content, and you're not quite comfortable with it yet, then you have this other layer of you're kind of like showing up and you're looking at the camera and you're like, three things I want to share with you on getting your first investment. And you're like, this doesn't look like me. And I just don't like the whole thing. So you have to get exposed to your recorded self. The easiest way to do this is start with one-to-one videos. Literally start with one-to-one videos. Like I'm going to send a video to Marcus and I might say, Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I so appreciate it. It was so great. Or maybe it's your birthday or whatever it is, right? Nobody else is going to see it, but that person. So you're going to get used to your recorded self. You're going to get into the habit. And what I will tell you is if you are doing something nice for someone, maybe you're letting them know that you thought of them today or wishing them a happy birthday or just any kind of compliment, number one, it's going to make you feel good. It's going to make their day. And you're thinking about that other person. When you're saying happy birthday, you're not thinking about how you look on the screen. And so then you kind of relax. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of, that's, that, that, I, I look like that. that. I sound like that, right? So start sending those one-to-one videos and just know that it has to be like anything else in life. It, you have to continue to do it. 
And this is somebody who didn't watch themselves back for five years. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> I would not recommend that because I would have gotten a lot better had I watched myself and made adjustments and improvements. So I think one-to-one videos is definitely a way to do that. Can I jump in on there? Yeah, and, please. Uh, but look what the, the pros do. Football players, basketball players, they watch they watch the recordings of their 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 games to get better and you know I don't know if you're recommending that but I know we're yep. just get the reps in and kind of get used to it absolutely and you know they probably cringed like the first few times we're like oh my gosh I can't believe I did that and you're watching it over and they're like pause rewind pause rewind and then eventually you're like throw it on and you're like yep yeah, nope right here yep that right there you get desensitized almost to it and instead of cringing that you made this you know, error yep. or you didn't do it the way you were hoping to do, you're like, okay, yep, we're taking that out. Nope, we're going to do this. So it really does have to be something that you expose yourself and kind of look at. And, and if you are one of the people like I was that absolutely cannot do it, I'm telling you, like, I'd rather have you post something and not watch it back than post nothing at all. Right. But just know that just because you avoid it doesn't mean you're going to be less afraid six months from now when you're going to start watching yourself. It's still going to be scary. And myself, like I'm, I still need to be better at this myself. But even, like when you do the video, mm-hmm. you get so hard on yourself. You're like, delete, do it over, delete. Yes, yes. To the point where I was like, this is stupid. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just, well, that's that's one of the <laughs> that's one of the things that I was. You said something very key, Chelsea. You said vulnerability, and that's one of the things where we go back and we critique ourselves, and we're like, how are we showing up on camera? Am I polished? Is my hair the perfect way? Mm-hmm. Am am I sitting the right way? And what I've tend to learn is the things that are not scripted, just the, the posts that I post that are just completely organic are the ones that get the most shares, the most, com- most comments, things like that. So can you share with us, you know, the difference between having that polished professional versus, hey, I just woke up in the morning, I had a thought and I want to share it with the public. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's also another common comment I get limiting belief is like, you know, it's not professional enough, or I have perfectionistic tendencies, or I thought it needed to look a certain way. And so then we don't do it because we don't have our camera and our lights and our green screen and our scripting and all the things. Right. And what I will tell you, and I know as, as you're listening, you're thinking about this because you know, you do it. If you're scrolling through Instagram or TikTok, because I know you may not be using TikTok, but you're probably lurking on TikTok because there's a lot of people that are watching TikTok videos. And what you'll find is that they've done so many studies about edited content versus like raw unedited, like just holding your phone, talking to it. And it really, we, we generally tend to think something is more real or authentic when it's less edited. And so what's happening right now is a lot of companies are having challenges because they've always had highly edited content about their products, or they've hired professional influencers when now they're really looking for user-generated content. They're looking for the average person who just got the product and they're like, oh my gosh, I love this. It's so great. They're in their kitchen because we believe that type of content. So I get it's really difficult to get over the, but I 
thought, you know, seven years ago, we were using our green screens and reading on a tele. Yes, sure. We were, we were, we're, we're evolving. And, you know, there is a, a major freedom in showing up as you are. And, and just to people know, I did not always show up authentically like I did now. It, it took an evolution. I want to read you a stat though, from this really amazing national study. And it's from brandbuildersgroup.com, brandbuildersgroup.com. And it just came out and there's one slide they have on there and they talk about different generations. So what matters to younger generations, Gen Z and millennials, then what matters to older generations? So I like that they're looking at all of the different spectrum. And what was interesting to me is that the two top things that these generations were looking at was 42%, 42%, they were looking at personality personality. How am I going to see your personality if you're not doing video? How am I going to see your personality if you're just using templated Canva graphics with logos? You're not. It's really difficult. Um, 41% said the inspirational value of their content. 50% the educational value. The Gen Z and millennials were looking for the entertainment value. So it's so interesting to me that we're really looking for the humanity. And if you can teach me something and inspire and motivate me too, great. We love that. But that human element is, you know, and no surprise, we're human beings. We want to connect with other human beings for sure. It's like a no-brainer for business, right? It's like someone gets like literally Eddie Gonzalez, a commercial real estate agent that we hired and Marcus, we interviewed him as well. I watched him for months. I just liked his drone footages and his personality. You hit it right on. And I hired him to list one of our buildings, like. His social media did all the work. I didn't need to find out, research, Google. Exactly. It was cool, man. It sold Eddie for you. And I know Eddie because Eddie was one of the first people I connected with on Snapchat eight years ago. And I have seen his content grow. Mm -hmm. And the most beautiful and most complimentary thing anybody could ever say to me is because I travel a lot for work and doing a lot of speaking. And when someone will come up to me invariably every place I go and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so great to see you. And I love your dog, Daisy and your son, Mason. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. I'm so sorry. What was your name? And they're like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. You have no idea who I am. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, but I know you and I'm like you do. And because people are connecting and consuming and how beautiful to have the ability at scale to share content personal, not private. We'll talk about that. Share content that people have, it's already sold for you. They've already decided you're the person that I want to hire or work with or trust in this manner, because I feel like I know you. And I remember being a young teen and my mom would come in and I remember I would watch MTV like all the time, like in the summer and I'd watch Mm -hmm. The real world, which is like the first like real reality TV show back when reality TV was like real. My mom was like, what are you watching in here? I'm like, oh my gosh, it's called the real world. And it's so cool. And I love it. And she's like, but what do they do? I'm like, well, they don't do anything. They just like sit around this apartment in New York. It's like, and, but what do they do? And I'm like, they just record that. She's like, why are you watching people sitting around in their apartment? I'm like, I don't know, but it's like fascinating to me. Right. So absolutely, like there's such an opportunity for you to create content that people are going to consume on their own time and say, this is somebody I want to work with. This is somebody that I want to reach out to. So it's so funny that we both sort of share an experience with that same person's brand. 
and 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 whoever's listening to us that looks up to you, Marcus, myself, and they need a commercial building, they're probably going to think about Eddie. Here. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. Yep. absolutely. <laughs> that authenticity is is very true because I know years ago, for full disclosure, people watching this, I'm at Sky Harbor. Years ago, I wouldn't have never done that because I would have been like, I need to be in my studio with the lights, the cameras and everything like that. But now I was like, hey, you know what? Let's just do it because this is the real world. This is what we do. And as real estate investors, and like you said, Chelsea, you're constantly moving. You're on the go. Hey, I got to go speak here. I got to go and do this. So it's always sharing that, that content. So let me ask you this, Chelsea. What should we share? What shouldn't we share? Because I know you were saying personal versus private. So kind of yeah. dive into that. Yeah. So this is always a bit of a hot topic with the people. And I always love it. I welcome whenever I'm teaching, there's always, you know, somebody that's like, well, listen, I don't need to know what Sharon had for lunch. <laughs> you know, I don't care what they had. And I'm, I'm not going to post what I have for lunch because it doesn't, you know, position me as anyone who is an authority in my space. And, you know, I'm probably not going to get any more leases or whatever from it. Right. So a couple of things. One, I'm going to tell you exactly why I personally care about what Sharon had for lunch. I'm kind of joking because, you know, I'm just using that as an example. That seems to be the one that people give me though. (laughs) And the thing of it is, is that there is magic in the mundane. When you think about when we really connect with people sitting around the dinner table, we're not talking about amazing, exciting things that happen. We're like, I had to get four tires today and it sucked. And -and so-and-so did this at the office, right? We're talking about and connecting on very mundane, boring things. And a lot of us let that fear that I have nothing to say, or my life is boring, or my job is boring, prevent us from making content. And so what I will say is that, you know, again, a quote that I can't take credit for, Felicity and Nora said, people come for the plot and they stay for the character. And the problem is we don't think we're a character we're staying for because Mm -hmm. we're just an average everyday person who's living our life, you know, in our own bodies. And so it becomes a mindset of, I have nothing to say because I'm boring or nobody cares. And in reality, the, what you shared for lunch today, I might see it and I might say, oh my gosh, I just went there and had that. It was really good. Oh, by the way, Marcus, I've been meaning to talk to you. It's the, oh, by the way, we need the low barrier to entry human content for us to say, oh, by the way, you've been top of mind, right? They're not going to say you've been top of mind probably. So then the other thing is personal versus private. And I just got into a conversation (laughs) in comments (laughs) about this. Personal is different than private. Private is whatever boundary you decide it is. You don't want to show your kids? Perfectly fine. You don't want to post in real time? Perfectly fine. You don't want to talk about whatever you don't want to talk about. Personal is human. That means maybe you're talking about business. Maybe you're talking about investing. Maybe you're talking about the market, but you're in the content because your only original content is your story, your perspective, your voice, your lived experiences. And that's part of creating that connection and trust in, in, in the content. So that's personal or things that everybody does. Like Marcus is in the airport. We all do that. We all travel. We all get it. Like trying to go from here to there and get on a zoom. Like that's, that's personal human content, not private. He's not, you know, giving us a tour through the hotel room and saying I'm in room 1822 whatever. (laughs) So, you know, the idea that you can still show up and be a human and be personal and still have those things that people can relate to. And then ultimately private is whatever you decide. And so I think that, you know, some people share a lot more than others. 
And, you know, the, the comment that I received was, you know, well, I, I really value and trust in, in people that I respect, but I don't have a, a peek into their world and all their private content. And I was like, well, I'm not talking about private content. I'm saying showing up as, you know, you as a human in your content and just sharing personal content that any human can relate to. So that's definitely a decision that each person has to make. And, you know, as like a quick side note too, if your accounts are set to private and you, your goal is to grow and to get found and to make new connections, the privacy level, you'll have to either create a second account that's public, or you'll have to turn that one from private to public because the way the algorithms work, your content will not be searchable. It will not be found. That's why we set it to private, you know, if we want to do that. So yep. keep that in mind. If it's, if you have an Instagram account and it's set to private, you might have to make a couple of decisions there because your content won't be searchable or findable. I have a question on it since you're on the personal private. There's always a debate on do I do a business page? Yeah. page? I'm sorry. So what's your thoughts on that? Yes. Okay. So I'm only joking because I know Facebook <laughs> is listening. Uh, <laughs> Facebook kind of ruined us on that, right? Because yep. it was like, hey, we got these things called business pages. And it was a moneymaker for them because, you know, long backstory to it. But they kind of got us into this mentality of we have our personal over here. We have our business over here. And that's the way that it was taught for many years. And then we started to really realize that like, you are the brand, you as the human being are what people are connecting to. Yes, you sell a product or a service, but ultimately people want to work and trust with you. And so then when you moved over to Instagram, because you'd been in Facebook world so long, you're like, oh, I need two accounts. I need a personal one and I need a business one. You know, TikTok, you only get one, right? It's evolved, right? And so what I would say the what I usually hear from people specifically on Instagram, because on Facebook, you still kind of have to that we can get into that whole thing at another time. But you have you're going to be posting primarily on your personal timeline, your business page is a pretty well optimized website. And that's about it. If you're going to pay to play, then you're going to get some reach, but that's it. They're not going to show your content too much. So but on Instagram, if somebody is thinking, should I set up a completely separate account, you don't have to I have one account. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I mix human side. My stories are all sort of human behind the scenes. My made fiend content is, is educational. So I, I mix that up. But if you already ha- have two accounts, this is what I hear all the time. Yeah, I have my real estate and my investment account and I, I post to it, but it just doesn't get a lot of engagement. My stuff on my human side, that gets the engagement. I'm like, I wonder why, because <laughs> you're exactly. probably in it. So not that you need to shut down an account. They don't make it easy. You can't merge it, unfortunately. But I really think that the content needs to be 100% human. And you know, people always say, well, how do I stop the scroll? I'm not even kidding you. Scientifically proven. <laughs> Put a human being in it or a dog or like an yep. animal. It has to be a living being in it. So you're building pictures, house pictures, it's not going to get the same engagement because our brain is hardwired to be like, Oh, a face. And you're like, Oh, Eddie, I know him. him. I'm actually going to watch this video now. Right. So it's, it's, it all goes hand in hand. So yeah, personal business, I say, merge your humanity with your business. And then if you, you know, want a private account because you have friends and family and you want to put the kids on that account and what have you, Perfectly fine. All right, great. So let's take a brief break, hear a word from my sponsors, and we'll be right back with Chelsea in about 20 seconds. Are your real estate dreams on hold? With work, kids, everything else going on, time is limited. Most days you feel like the world's on your shoulders. You might even say to yourself, 
If I just had someone to lean on and push me in the right direction, I know things would happen quicker. Well, then you need to check out the Deal Finders Club, a community of investors eager to close more deals, sign more contracts, and just get ahead in life. The DFC provides weekly coaching, thriving online community, and all the education you need to be confident. DFC is your fastest path to closing more deals. To learn more, head over to azdfc.com. That's azdfc.com. All right, guys, we are back with Chelsea Peets, and she has some great content that she's sharing with us about social media. One of the things that I struggle with, Chelsea, is I did quite a few YouTube videos, all educational, but they were long as heck, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And I know sometimes when you look at, at YouTube, you'll see that they would only, people would only stay for two or three minutes. So when should we make the longer form videos and when should we make short form or short tail videos? Good question. Okay. So you mentioned YouTube, which I think is important to specifically talk about because traditionally that's what we think of when we go to YouTube. I will watch a 20 minute video on YouTube and I'll watch it to the end. I mean, I might have it on like two speed, (laughs) but I will Mm -hmm. watch it to the end. Why? Because when you're going to YouTube, usually there's an intention. I'm looking to learn something, find the answer, tutorial, a how to something like that. So we're willing because we're looking for that content to watch a longer form video. Now, what was interesting a couple of years ago is YouTube said, oh, there's this thing called TikTok out there and we're losing people to it. And we never thought we'd lose people to it because we're like the ultimate long form content platform. And so they said, we need to do a major shift in our strategy and we're going to start supporting short content as well. And so now you have TikTok inside of YouTube. It's called YouTube Shorts. You have TikTok inside of Instagram. They just all steal from each other and put it in their platforms, right? And so what was interesting to me is when that rolled out, a lot of YouTubers were very mad because they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is how I make my money and I monetize my videos. And it's all about watch time. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. you're having me put a 30 second video and I have a 30 minute video. It's screwing up my watch time. Because people are watching it for 15 Mm -hmm. seconds and it's like throwing off the whole thing. So they had to figure all of that out. So first, let me say that long form content is never going away. It's like saying, well, let's stop writing books because everybody is just, you know, listening to podcasts. No, that's not true, right? We all have different consumption patterns and styles. So there's always going to be a place for long form content, short form content, short form video content is definitely here to stay. It is no longer a trend. It's not just on TikTok. It's not about trends. It's not about dancing. It's not about lip syncing. It is a format. It is short, usually under a minute. It's vertical, which means it's the, it's the way you hold your phone. It takes up the whole screen. So guess what? There's no distractions. There's no other posts floating around. It's just that, right? And if you look at what you see on TikTok and Instagram Reels, generally, it's usually got people in it. It's usually not a major production. It's someone holding their phone or putting it on a tripod and they're in their normal environment. And what's very fascinating to me is the product psychology that changes behavior. And this is the part I love to, to nerd out about. When you go to TikTok, you know, you open it and it just throws something in your face. 
and you're like, what's happening here? And you're just like, I don't even know what this is. And you're, you're scrolling. Number one, you don't know any of those people. Okay. So that's a whole new world. Like Mm -hmm. that's important to know because we're going to talk about algorithms. So we're going to come back to that. This is a recommendation algorithm. This is all people you don't know. That's very different than Facebook. You don't see people you don't know on Facebook, right? So now people are able to get massive audiences, huge reach, going viral, which by the way, is not the goal. Mm-hmm. But everyday people like us, right? That you never thought would go viral are going viral because it's going out to people that you don't know. So that's, that's new. Then you think about every time you swipe, it's new. It's someone new. It's someone new. And our brain's like dopamine, dopamine. This is great. I love it. And then you go to LinkedIn and our brain's like, oh, I'm not having the same experience over here on LinkedIn that I'm having on TikTok. And so for better or worse, probably for worse, it's changing our attention spans. Absolutely. It's changing our expectations for what we're seeing. And what happens is again, product psychology, whether it's cigarettes or Snapchat, this is how they get your brain to get hooked. They will push it in front of you, just like Instagram did. And you're like, what are these things? What are reels? I don't even know who these people are. And then you get used to it. And then you're like, okay, yeah, these are, yeah, I'm used to this now. And then you're like, maybe I'll try one. And then you get 3000 views on that one instead of 30. And you're like, oh, well, I should try it again. And there you have it. Now you're getting used to it. So whether we like it or not, you know, whether it's Amazon, Uber, Netflix, or anything in between, these things are impacting how our brains are expecting to see people's brands. And if we can't find you and we can't stalk you to our desire, then we wonder, why can't I find this person? Or what's what's mm-hmm. going on here? And we're just looking for data points. So short form video, call it what you want, YouTube shorts, reels, TikToks, it's here to stay. I would highly, highly recommend that if you have dabbled in long form content or if you've been on camera, Learning how to create these short form videos will be a a critical piece, not the whole thing, but a critical piece. And what I'll tell you is the hardest part is the gift. The hardest part is that people say to me, but it's only 30 seconds. Like, I don't, how am I supposed to tell an investment tip in 30 seconds? Well, you know what? That's the beauty of it. Because when Snapchat started, you had 10 seconds and it helped me become very succinct and very focused. Did I have to reshoot something a thousand times because it kept cutting me off? Yeah. And now that's helped me in every other presentation that I do, because I understand now that I have to grab someone's attention. And so that is a skill that takes time, but I would, would, would highly encourage you on any, whatever platform it is, it's on everywhere. It's Facebook has it, it's everywhere. It's not going to go away to think about how to incorporate some of those shorter form video styles into your content, your content planning. Should we be on Snapchat? I'm not on. <laughs> you know what? And and I was a diehard Snapchatter. I mean, I literally wrote the book on Snapchat. Um, yeah. And uh, I loved it because it was the first time we ever had a camera that we talked to and created like humanity and relationships versus just still images. And it was, you know, in real ish time. So it really accelerated trust. And, you know, the best part about it, they stole and put into Instagram. So, yeah. so I, I, everybody kind of migrated over there. And the reason that I think they lost a lot of people is because they started making a bunch of changes that the user didn't like. 
Mm. And users mm. get very vocal. <laughs> they're like, yeah. listen, they're all leaving in droves. Plus, when you're over on Instagram, you have the opportunity to get discovered. You didn't really have discovery on Snapchat. So okay. I still say okay. Snapchat is Instagram stories. So yes, get, you need to be using stories. I think that's where your, your major conversion opportunities are in the stories format. Stories are for people that follow you. That's to build the relationship, the like, know, and trust. Nobody knew is really ever going to see those. So no growth. The feed posts, whether it's a reel, whether it's an image, whatever, those, yes, they're going to be seen by people that follow you, but they're also going to be found by people who don't know you yet and could turn into a new follower. Okay. Do, do they throttle? Do you think they throttle our posts? Like if, even on TikTok, I don't do as much there as like Instagram, but it's like, I notice I get to a certain level of views on all, almost all the videos and they all stop at like the same number. You know, a lot of people have also um, nope. posed that question and I do see that pattern as well. And so I don't, I don't spend as much time on TikTok. I'm kind of a diehard Instagrammer. And when Reels came out about two years ago, I had the fortune of being contacted by Instagram to oh, wow. be, to talk to one of their people about, you know, cause I was using it and I didn't know what I was doing because there were no YouTube videos back then. Like we're just <laughs> figuring it out. And it's interesting because they did give me some suggestions about sort of what, what was working and best practices. And there are, there are best practices, but ultimately at the end of the day, after two solid years of using this product, whether people want to hear it or not, it's a lot of random. It's a lot of, oh, you know, test, 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 and test. And people might say, oh, but yeah, then that, I, I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound good. You're telling me there's no method to the madness, but here's the thing. What if you turn that around to a positive and instead of overthinking everything, you posted everything because it's all going out to new audiences and you never know what's going to hit. And all the things sure. that I've poured my heart in thinking, this is cinematic genius. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> going to love it. And I loved it. It brought me joy to make it. So that innately had value to me, but those didn't perform like the yep. other ones. Yep. And one other thing, views don't equal value. Views do not equal value. Mm -hmm. Don't chase the views because what will happen is you will start to get discouraged and you will change your content. And I've personally done it. And you know, what's really easy to, to measure views, what's really hard to cool. measure aha moments where people are like, I never thought about it that way. It's a really smart investment. Strategy. And they don't even tell you like, they're just watching it. And they're not even leaving you a comment that said that was literally the best tip of the day. They're just moving on to something else. Cause they don't even know you. They're just seeing you in the feed. So we have to get away from those metrics and start making our own metrics because that's going to be very challenging and probably discouraging for people as this, the algorithms are going to change. So, so algorithm. So let's dive a little bit. I know you want to touch on that a little bit. So yeah. So that word out there, like what is yeah, algorithm sounds like a kind of an overwhelming word. It's just a computer. It's a computer <laughs> software, just like anything else. And just to really, really simplify it, it is looking at data points and we give it the data points, whether we watch something for five seconds versus two, if we send a message to someone, if we like something. So it's looking at all of these data points that we're giving. So what historically it has been is based on who we know, or sometimes how many people you have in your community, right? So if you had millions of followers, then you were probably going to get shown to more people. And then you're like, okay, well, me over here with 500, like, I don't really have a big chance to get found. 
And so that's not fair, right? And so then you had TikTok, which TikTok wasn't about who you knew because it was usually all strangers. It was about relevant content and seeing what you liked. And maybe because I like watching food content, I'm going to get more food content. So it's irrelevant to me what anybody else is posting. And so what the algorithms are really looking for is to serve up the best content. And I think the best thing that I can tell, tell you about the algorithms, if you want to work smarter, not harder, is we have to think again, bigger picture, product psychology, like who really are the major competitors for Facebook and Instagram? It's not TikTok. You think it's TikTok. Hmm. It's actually Google search engines. Okay. And by the way, TikTok has just beat Google can't believe it. I'm even shocked. Like more people are going to TikTok now to do searches than Google, and wow. so it, wild, right? And I never, I would, if you, I would be like, no way, nobody's ever going to be Google. Here's the, here's the, here's the lesson. Anybody at some point, you know, that that can be taken over. But anyway, so oh. search engines. Well, all the platforms now want to be better search engines, which means they're True. looking more at different keywords and different things like that. So that's their main competitor. The other competitor, your phone mm-hmm. and your email. Well, guess what you can do on their platforms for free? You can text people on a direct yeah. message, right? And why do they care about that? Why? It's because the more you invest psychologically into something, the more time you will spend there. And the more likely you are, if you're building your relationships and you're DMing people and you're in your instant messaging people, and you have to go back to that platform to get the message, you're going back into it. And if I send a DM to Marcus, well, guess what? He's coming back into the platform and that algorithm's like, wait a minute, Chelsea sent a message. So she's a good community member. She's bringing people back into the platform, using it like we want them to. So ultimately they're looking at communication. So I'm going to say this, even though I wrote the book called what to post, you can build brand and relationships and business without posting content. It's about talking to people. It's about engaging, Mm. which is at the heart of every sales book in the world. How many people have you talked to? Right. Wow. And these like 20 years ago, I had to actually call and you had to answer. I had to know your phone number. You Mm. had to open your email. I had to pay to mail you something, or I had to go to your office. I don't need any of that. Now I can literally send a message to anyone on the planet and have a pretty good chance that they will see it and or respond. So the more you can be proactive and intentional, past clients, current clients, people that could refer you business, and you're engaging with them, the computer system that's working off of data points is just looking at who you're talking to. And the fact that most people respond, even if it's just a like, to like say, hey, I got it. Now those data points work in your favor. And the computer's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. So Chelsea and Marcus just shared a DM. All right. Well, we're going to predict they want to see more of each other. So they're doing that because they want us to have a better experience. We don't want to see a bunch of junk. So they're, how do they determine what we want to see? They're looking at who you're talking to. And so then they're going to say, well, let's resort both of their feeds. And so the next time they go in, we're going to make sure that the posts that they each make show up higher in each other's feeds. So now you're going to get seen more by the people you want to be seen more. So that's at a very basic level, how the algorithms work. They're working on who you're talking to. And they're also working off of recommendation, which means 
have at it. As long as your content is relevant to your end consumer, post it all, <laughs> post it all because people are going to see video one and maybe video 20 and maybe they won't see anything else. They're just, it's going to just all come at them like a TikTok type of style. So to, to kind of not sum it all up, but like be a friend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be a, be a human and talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's yes. cool. Though. Yeah. Let's, let's just, like you say the word, you know, I saw a cat across the street. Then you started getting like cat ads. Yes. <laughs> that blew me, blew my mind when I started. It's <laughs> a little scary. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think we know the real, the real depth yeah. of yeah. how smart yeah. those algorithms are. <laughs> And it's the psychology, like you said, of knowing what someone's interest is right. and finding other people with similar interests and pairing them together. Wow. Okay, great, great. And one of the things that you said was consistency. So how can someone become consistent at posting? Because, you know, you have some people, okay, they'll hear this podcast and they'll say, all right, I'm going to get on here and I'm going to post every day for the next week and then don't post anything for the next three months. So yeah. how can we create that consistent pattern? Yeah, I call that the conference syndrome, you know, where you go to a conference and you're all yep. up and then you're like, yeah, I didn't do anything in my notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've all been there. Okay, so what's also important to know about these computer systems is they're not ranking you against someone else. So that's a nice, like refreshing thing to note is that if, if both of you are posting every single day, great. It's not going to impact me if I'm posting once a week because the algorithm's not looking at me versus you, it's looking at me versus me. So if I get excited and I post every day for the week and then I leave for two months and then I come back and it's sporadic, consistency can look different for everyone. And I mean, the very basic level once a week is probably the baseline, right? And, and I would say get into a habit of that. Consistency is going to feed more data points to a computer system so it can understand what your content's about, who should see it, when you're posting, that sort of thing. So people say, well, I heard that if I post every day, I can grow faster and I can get more reach engagement. Well, by default, right? Because more people will probably see it. And it's kind of like hashtags and people say, well, what's like the magic hashtag formula? And I tell no. them there isn't one and how they work. And they're like, but yeah, but, but I've seen these articles that say, if I use the right hashtags, then I can get more reach and views by way of it being findable, it, you know, and I, gotcha. and I explain it like, here's the thing, a hashtag, this is my favorite explanation for a hashtag. And it only, I think makes sense to people that are a certain age range. Like my kid will never understand it, but remember libraries and the Dewey decimal system and like the card catalog over that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why my library had like a wooden one that was like, you pull forever. Like oh it was God. a huge long thing. And Come so, on, Chelsea, like, you're aging us. You're aging <laughs> I know, us. right? <laughs> but like, but you, the people listening will be like, I totally yep, remember that. Yep, you're right. So you would see the little card and you would find the card and the card would tell you, here's the place you need to go in the aisle. And here's kind of the section of where this book is. So you would go to it and you would find the book that piece of paper, that's a hashtag. The hashtag helps you find the thing you're looking for. But what it doesn't do is just because I found it in the library doesn't mean that that card or that hashtag made the author a bestseller. 
books still had to be good. <laughs> and so wow. it, it, it will help your content be discoverable, be findable. Therefore, you could say, because it may be discovered by more people, that maybe you will get more views and reach. It's, it's still the content has to stand. The content has to do the giving of the value. So that's how I explain hashtags. And, you know, there are some best practices, of course, but there isn't a magic formula of 17 okay. hashtags and, oh you know gosh. stuff like that yeah gotcha gotcha so chelsea how can we because you gave you gave us so Sorry. much content <laughs> so much good stuff how can we and our members follow you to get more content where can we find you at we know you're everywhere but where where is that place you want to send us so we can get more info Absolutely. I think the best place to go is Instagram because I spend the majority of my time there. There's a lot of video content. You can immediately start to see what my brand is about, what I'm passionate about. And so I always recommend going to Instagram. It's just my first and last name. I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And also I have a lot of questions about Instagram. And so if you are a bit overwhelmed or confused about Instagram on my profile, when you go there, there's a clickable link. And if you click it, there are oodles of free content, videos, how to's, Instagram course, all of it's free. So you can take a whole course there on how to get started on Instagram. So guys, absolutely. I'm on her Instagram page right now. I am following Chelsea. So go and do the same. It's Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A dot P-E-I-T-Z. So go there, friend her right now. Let's start blowing up her, her timeline and looking at all of her information. And yes, plenty of downloads, free content right there. I got, I got one question. So we got to put you on the spot. Mom yeah. jokes. We got um. <laughs> Mom jokes. Okay. <laughs> yep. So I'm going to tie this into a learning lesson. Okay. okay. Um, a lot of people are very nervous or afraid that they can only have one brand and that brand has to be what they do. And I always tell them, listen, you have multiple facets of you as the human. You could be the small dog dad. You could be the dad joke guy. You could be the mom joke. You know, you could be whatever. So I have a very mom joke type of sense of humor. I love a corny joke. And so I have an entire highlight where I've saved my favorite ones that I've shared I also have, you know, I, and, and you can see like, this is my brand behind me. I love rainbows and smiley faces and all sorts of things. So I think that it's very important that you can have facets of your brand that mm-hmm. don't always have to just be about what your expertise is. Yes, that's massively important. And also you're a human being that happens to sell real estate, not a realtor that happens to be a human being. Got so it. Wow. Connect that. It's amazing. Very key. That's awesome. good. Well, Chelsea, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I'm sure the Azria members' hearts, because this is information that we all get asked. I know Mike get asked it a lot. I get asked it a lot. We wanted to bring on the influencer that's right in our own backyard to share the right information with our members. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. This was so fun. Awesome. All right, guys. Wrap it up. Mike, any closing words? No. Chelsea, thanks for being here. Everyone, thanks, thanks for, for listening. having me. Take what she, you know, listen and apply. Just do what she yep. says. Try it. Just get, <laughs> out there and get started. You guys know exactly what to do. You got the information. 
Let's go out. Let's take action on the information that Chelsea shared with us. So at this moment, you guys know what to do. Always, always have an awesome day. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.